0: Hi, welcome to the WISH program, the weekly inspiration for spiritual happiness program. We've been speaking in our past programs about the wonderful, incredible, amazing concept brought in the book, Tzidkara Tzadik, by Reb Tzadok Akohen Reb Lublin, of Blessed Memory, where he says there in letter 154 that a person must believe in Hashem and then you must believe in yourself. And in order for us to be able to believe in ourselves, We first of all have to realize what does it mean when we say believing in Hashem. Now, we explained in the last program that believing in Hashem doesn't mean just believing in His existence, but believing that Hashem is good and that Hashem only wants to do us good. And even when things appear to us as things that are negative, as things that are bad, we must believe it for the better good. We brought the Gemara and the story of Rabbi Akiva, who when he went and he wanted to go sleep in a certain city... They refused to let him in, and he had with him a donkey, he had with him a rooster, and a candle. His donkey and his rooster were devoured and eaten by wild animals, his candle was blown out by the wind, and Rabbi Akiva said, everything is just for the better good. And indeed, at that night, a whole band of robbers, they invaded the city, captured everyone and sold them as slaves. And Rabbi Akiva said to Hashem, Hashem, thank you so much. If I would have been there, I would have been captured. If I would have had a donkey or a rooster that would have made noise, they would have heard it and they would have come to capture me. If they would have seen the candle and the light, they would have come to capture me. Thank you, Hashem, everything that you do is just for the better good. And we also brought the Shulchan Oroch in part Orachaim in chapter 130 says, 230 says, you are obligated, it's an obligation to say everything that Hashem does is for the best. Today we're going to elaborate a bit about this point because we must realize that faith, true, deep, real faith, manifests itself mostly when things don't work out the way that we want them to work out. Rabbi Akiva was a student of another great Torah sage by the name of nahumish Gamzu. That's what the Gemara says in Tractate Shavuos on the 26th page. There's an incredible story with nahumish Gamzu brought in the tractate Tanit, on page 21, which tells us exactly where did Rabbi Akiva learn this concept to know that everything is for the better good. The Gemar there says that once upon a time, the Jewish congregation in Israel wanted to send the Roman emperor, they wanted to send him a present. Obviously, they wanted him to be more lenient with them, with taxes and with different decrees. And they filled up a chest with gems and expensive jewelry, and they sent Ish Gamzu was a holy, holy man, and many miracles used to happen to him. They sent him to bring the chest to the Roman emperor. Nahomish Gamzu went on his way. And during one of the nights, he stayed at a certain hotel, a hotel that was run by very dishonest people. He came with his chest. They saw that he's carrying a chest, holding it close to him. The chest is locked with a key. They obviously realized the chest has in it some expensive treasure, some money. At night, they managed to sneak and open the chest up, and they saw that it was filled with gems and jewelry and gold and diamonds. And of course, they stole everything, but in order for Nacho Mishigamzu not to notice that things were stolen from the chest, they refilled it with sand and with stones and with dirt. So when he lifted the chest up, the chest itself was so heavy that it felt as if it was still filled with all the jewelry that was in there initially. Well, Nahumish Mishigamza didn't notice anything. And he took the chest and he went with it to the Roman emperor. And when he came to the Roman emperor, he said to him, I'm an emissary for the Jewish congregation and I have now brought you a present. And the Roman emperor, of course, loved presents. Who doesn't? And he took the chest and he opens it up and he looks inside and he sees dirt, sand, straw, and he got angry. And he said, what? This is what the Jews are sending me? Are they playing a joke on me? Are they ridiculing me? Sending me dirt? Sending me sand? Sending me some straw? And he got furious. And he decided he is now going to take revenge on the whole Jewish congregation. Oh, he is going to show them that this is no way to behave to the Roman Emperor. The Gomorrah there says that Eliyahu Hanavi, Eliyahu the prophet, came down in the shape of one of the Roman ministers, and he said to the Roman emperor, My emperor, I'm sure the Jews would never ever dare to ridicule you. Maybe this dirt, this sand, this straw, is the same miraculous dirt and sand and straw that Avram, their forefather, had, that when he went to fight the kings, he used it and he threw it in the air and it magically turned into spears and arrows. And it turned into big rocks that managed to defeat the enemies. Well, the Roman emperor said, hmm, interesting. Never heard about that before. You know what? Let's try it out. If indeed it's as you say, I'm going to reward reward the Jews. But if it is not as you say, if it's just dirt and sand, I will punish them. Well... They went to a certain country, that the Roman Emperor had a real problem conquering it. And they tried out this miraculous sand and straw. And the Roman Emperor took a handful out of the chest, and he threw it in the air. And it miraculously changed into arrows, and spears, and and great stones, and completely crushed and defeated the enemy. The Roman emperor was so impressed with this present. This present was worth for him billions. It was the ultimate weapon. It's like having a nuclear bomb that you can throw on your enemies. And he was so impressed that the Roman emperor came back and he said to Nacho Gamzu, first of all, I am going to fill, refill the chest with gems from my own personal treasure and diamonds and jewelry and gold and this is your present just for you, Nahum Ish Gamzu. And I'm going to reward all the Jews. The Gemara there says, Do you know why they called him Nahum Ish Gamzu? Because even when the Roman emperor initially opened the chest and saw all the dirt and sands and got angry, do you know what Nahum said? He said, Gam Zule This is also for the better good. And that's why they called him Nahum Ish Gamzu. He always used to say that. Everything is for the better good. And look at what a wonderful miracle Hashem did. Not only did they bring the Roman Emperor a present that was worth for him billions, not only did they gain the love and the trust of the Roman Emperor, not only will he now treat them as his most loyal and loved subjects, not only did he give Nahumish Gamzu back all the diamonds and refill his chest with treasures and gold, not only that, but from now on, the Roman Emperor shall always see the Jewish people in the land of Israel as his most loyal servants, and he will treat them accordingly. Everything is for the better good. The Gomorrah there goes on to tell what happened when he came back. He came back to that hotel. He slept in it. And the owners of the hotel were shocked. I mean, they knew that they filled up the chest with dirt and with sand. And they said to him, "Uh, excuse me, but but what's going on here? I mean, why are you alive? Why didn't the Roman emperor kill you? Now, Nachum was a very clever person. He knew that it was them who switched the diamonds and jewels that the Jews from Eretz royal sent, they switched them with the sand and dirt. But he told them the story. He said to them, well, this is what happened. And I went to him and I went to the emperor and this was miraculous sand, miraculous straw, miraculous stones. And the eyes of the owners of that hotel lit up. Whoa, we're sitting on such an incredible treasure. The Gomorrah says they tore down their whole hotel filled up chest and chests with all this sand and dirt and straw and stones and went to the roman emperor and they said to him that miraculous chest that that jewish rabbi Nachum brought to you that's from our grounds we now brought you not just one little chest we brought you these massive big boxes filled with sand and with dirt just for you the roman emperor said wonderful i'm going to have more of this miraculous weapon i'm going to conquer the world And he said, let's try it out. And again, he goes to the field, takes a handful of sand and dirt, throws it. And what happens? Nothing. It's just dirt. It's just straw. It's just stones. The Roman emperor tries again, another handful, and again, nothing happens. It's just dirt and straw and sand and stones. And the Roman emperor turns to those owners of the previous hotel that they tore down and he says you're mocking me the roman emperor off with their heads and indeed they were killed why did nachum have miracles not just because he represented the jews in the land of israel no because nachum believed that everything is for the best he even said it camzula toiva even this is for the better good and that's why they called him nachum ish and because of that he had these wonderful miracles this was Rabbi Akiva's rabbi. And Rabbi Akiva learned from his rabbi who said Gamzul to say, call Da'vid Rahmana. Everything that the Torah does, letavavid, is only for the better good. The Gemara tells us in another place, another wonderful story which explains to see how everything that Hashem does is for the better good. The Gemara tells us in Tractate Nida, on page 31, that once upon a time there was a merchant who had to go away off, he had to go far away to another land for business. He had a big business and very, very lucrative option to make a lot of money. And he booked a place in a ship. And unfortunately, on the day that the ship was supposed to set sail, the merchant was delayed. Something happened. He sprained his ankle. He fell. He forgot his key in his hotel. And he didn't manage to make it to the ship. And the ship set sail without him. The merchant was devastated. What? The ship set sail without me? What am I gonna do? I was planning now. This was my whole, this was supposed to be my livelihood for the next year. I had such a business opportunity. Oh, what happened? And he started crying and blaming himself and believing that this is the worst thing that could have happened to him. Two days later, news came to the harbor. Did you hear what happened? Did you hear? Did you hear? The ship sunk in the depth of the seas. The whole ship, with all the people on it, with all the merchandise on it, everything sunk to the bottom of the sea. And when that merchant heard it, he said, Oh, thank you, Hashem, so much. You saved my life see how something that he thought that was something negative and bad that something was for the better good that's what it says in the book of yeshayah isaiah on the 12th chapter hashem ki anafta thank you hashem for punishing me for doing something to me that looks as if it's bad why because everything that hashem does is only for the better good and even when we think that things, that things look bad, we need to know. We do not see what Hashem sees. We do not know what Hashem knows. Everything that Hashem does is only for our better good. Another story that the Gemara says in the Yerushalmi tractate Horoyos is about a person who was plowing his field with his cow. He had one cow. He was very poor. He had nothing else. That's all he had. And he was plowing his field with his cow, and suddenly his cow hits something hard, falls, and breaks her leg. Now, for that Jew, that was devastating. This was his only cow. This was his livelihood. He plowed his only field with his only cow, and now the cow broke her leg. Now, we're talking about ancient times where the veterinary services were not as good as they are today. When a cow breaks her leg, there's nothing much you can do. The cow is gone. So the question is, what happens now? And the Jew didn't know what to do. And he was devastated. And he thought, what am I going to do? My cow is dead. My cow broke her leg. She's going to die. I'm going to have to cut, cut her leg off. She's going to die. And then suddenly he said, well, you know something? Let's see at least what did her leg get stuck on. And he starts digging. And he sees that it's a chest. And in the chest, you know what there was? the most incredible diamond that he ever saw. See? The cow broke her leg just for that person's better good because he found the diamond only because the cow broke her leg on the chest. If the cow would not have broken the leg, he never would have found the diamond. Remember, Hashem sees what we don't see, knows what we don't know. And we're gonna end today's program with one of the most incredible stories, in my opinion, that Rabbi Nachman of have used to tell. Now this story is brought in wonderful tales by Rabbi Nachman's great student, Rabbi Naftali. And this is how the story goes. There was once upon a time a very, a very poor person. For the sake of the story, we're going to call him Berenu. Berenu was a very poor person who, for his livelihood, do you know what he did? He digged mud. He digged dirt. And what did he do with the dirt? He piled it on his horse and wagon and took it to the city to sell it to brickmakers. Once upon a time, the way they used to make bricks was from dirt, from mud. They took them, shaped them into bricks, put them in the furnace. The bricks used to dry. They used to use them to build houses, to build shops, to build all the different things. And this was his livelihood. It was a very dirty livelihood. He was very poor. You don't make much money from digging out mud. And his social standing, I'm assuming, wasn't that high. I mean, how high can a mud digger get to be? In society. And then one day as he's digging in the mud and digging and piling it on the horse and digging and piling it on the horse suddenly his shovel hits something hard. Cling, cling, And he looks down this big rock which he doesn't know what to do and he starts cleaning it from the mud this was the biggest diamond that he ever saw in his life. Whoa! He just now became a very rich person. Now, he wants to know what this diamond is worth. So he went to one of the biggest diamond merchants in the area so he can evaluate the diamond. And when the diamond merchant sees this, he says to him, listen, sir, I've never seen such a diamond. I mean, this is something that I can't evaluate it. No one can pay here. You have to go to London. In London, and only there are there such rich jewelry merchants that only they will be able to evaluate this diamond properly and give you its true worth. Berenu now needs to get to one of the harbors, in where, in where, in wherever he lives, in order from there to set sail to London. But he doesn't have any money. He has a diamond, but he can't sell it. So Berenue starts selling off everything that he has. He sells his horse, and his wagon, and his house, and his furniture, and his crockery, and his cutlery, everything. And eventually, he managed to accumulate enough money just to get to the harbour, just to get to the city where the ship is supposed to set sail off. That's all he had. He was very poor, so obviously his things were not worth a lot. And he eventually gets to the harbour, but he doesn't have enough money to buy a ticket for the ship setting sail for London. So what does he do? He goes to the captain of the ship and he says to him, Captain, can I please speak to you? And the captain says, "Yes." What do you want? And he says to him, Captain, we need to speak somewhere privately. Okay, speak quickly. I don't have all day. What do you want? And Berenu takes out from his pocket the diamond, wrapped in some handkerchiefs that people don't see it, and he unveils it to the captain, who looks at it mesmerized. He's never ever seen such a large diamond in his life. And Berenu says to him, listen, This is a diamond that I'm supposed to take to London and sell it there. I'm going to get a lot of money for it. Right now, I don't have any cash to give you. But when I get to London and I sell it, I will pay you not just for the trip. I will pay you so much money you will not regret it. And the captain's eyes light up. Whoa, he's never had such a rich and prominent passenger like a baronier. And he can see the diamond, he knows that it's worth a fortune and is going to get a lot of money for taking Berenu from wherever he lives to London. And of course he agrees and he becomes his best friend. And he speaks to him and is very impressed with his wisdom and with his faith and with his happiness. Every single meal Berenu used to take out the diamond, put it on the table because obviously he sat in the first class He ate all his meals in his cabin. They were brought to him by the servants of the ship. I mean, this is the number one passenger on the ship. And every single meal, he puts a diamond on the table, and he looks at it while he's eating, dreaming about what he's going to do with the money. And one day, Berenu was so tired that he fell asleep while he was eating. And the servant, whose role was to tidy up after him, comes into his cabin. He knocks. No one answers, so he opens the door. And he sees that Berenu's finished eating. And he takes everything, and he throws it into the garbage bag. And then what does he do? He opens the window of the cabin and throws it into the sea. In those times, they weren't very, very strict about all these different cleansing laws and where to throw garbage and where you're not allowed to throw garbage. And Greenpeace, Greenpeace didn't exist. So... He throws everything out into the sea. And when Berenu wakes up, the first thing he does is he looks at his diamond. It was on the tablecloth. And he sees that the servant took everything on the tablecloth, put it in the garbage bag, and just threw it out of the window. And Berenu goes, oh my God, what am I going to do? The diamond! The captain, the captain is a violent man. If he realizes I don't have the diamond, and I don't have where to pay him from, he's going to kill me. What do I do? And Berenu decided he's not going to succumb to lack of faith. He's not going to be sad. He's going to be happy. And he starts singing. And he starts dancing. And he starts saying, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you. I believe in you. I know everything you do is for the better good. Thank you, Hashem. The captain knows nothing. The captain still believes that Berenu has got this incredibly big diamond who's going to get a fortune for. And right before they get to London, the captain goes to Baron and he says to him, listen, I want you to do me a favor. I've seen that you're an honest person, a happy person, a faithful person, and you have this massive diamond. You don't need any money from me. Listen, I have a really large shipment of grain. Now, there's a bit of a legal problem bringing the grain into London, not from London. I, says the captain, am a Londoner. I don't want the grain to be registered on my name. Please do me a favor. I'd like to register it on your name. You bring in the grain as if you're the merchant, and then when we land, and after we go past all the customs in the harbor, you just give me all my grain back, and we'll be even. And Berenu says, of course, and they sign a document, so it has to look legal, but all the grain belongs to Berenu. And as they're approaching London, just suddenly, do you know what happens to the captain? He dies. No one knows why. Maybe some Sickness, some ailment, some infection. But just like that, the captain dies. And when they get to London, all the grain is now belongs to Berenu. And the grain was worth much, much more than the diamond. Because at that time, London, there was a terrible drought in London. And the price of grain was extremely expensive. And says Rabbi Nachman, the diamond never belonged to Berenu. The wheat and the grain did belong to him. Look at what a beautiful story this is. Hashem made Berenu a dirt digger in order for him to find the diamond. Tell me, would you not be willing to be a dirt digger for some years in order to find a fortune worth millions? Hashem made sure that even though Berenu sold everything that he had, he'll only have enough money to get to the harbor, not to buy a ticket for the ship. Why? So that he will have to show his diamond to the captain and to buy the captain's trust. Hashem made sure that every single meal, Berenu, sits and looks at his diamond. Why? So that eventually, the diamond gets thrown out. And Berenu still remains happy, and through his happiness, the captain believes in him even more. Hashem made sure that the captain is from London, and he doesn't want the grain to be registered on his name, so that he registers it on the name of Berenu. And Hashem makes sure that the captain dies so that the grain belongs to Berenu. When you look at this story, you can only see things that are bad things until you reach the last page. Only when you reach the last page, the end of the story, do you suddenly realize how everything is for the better good. This is what it means believing in Hashem and believing that everything is for the better good. We do not see what Hashem sees. We do not know what Hashem knows. We're like people who are reading a book and only looking in the middle of a story. We don't know yet what's gonna happen at the end. Only at the end of the book will we realize how every single single thing was just for the better good. That is what believing in Hashem means. Believing that Hashem is good and that everything he does to us is for the better good, even if we can't see it. We need to believe in it. Kol de'aved rachamana. Everything that Hashem does is for the better good. Until our next program, may you have an inspiring week. And may Hashem fulfill all of your good wishes. Amen.